Well, there was a quite different feel to tonight's game. It, it almost felt like shades of, of 2020, and I, I, I hate to say that because I think this team has quite a massive upside, but a bit of regression tonight as we welcome you into Tried and True. The DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. I'm John Lee, joined as always by Sam Kastner, who's dangerously close to me tonight, <laughs> uh, sharing one camera, <laughs> Joshua Morgan and Michael Black. And guys, yeah, it wasn't the same tonight, but um, yeah, I, th- I still think this team has a lot of promise. It was it was interesting, frustrating. I, I, I did a whole thing pregame where I looked at the new Lasada ball and the high pressure of the field and everything, and I kind of... Kind of feel kind of like an idiot because we didn't see any of that today. We didn't see high pressure up the ball, and it was a little bit frustrating. It felt like DC United of old. You know, I'm going to come back to it several times during the show today, but it felt like we regressed a little bit to the point where you didn't really know how the team wanted to score. Like you, you saw that at home last week. You know, going forward, pressing, trying to create opportunities. It didn't really come off as well this week. Uh, I'm not going to hold them full account to it because uh, they're very short on players. You you weren't even able to field a full bench today, but certainly uh, we're not just going up and up uh, in the early days of the Lasada era. Yeah, I agree. Um, It was rough. Um, I I wouldn't go so far as to say it felt like Benny Ball of last season. Um, I think that, I mean, this is probably just a mentality thing. Um, throughout the game, I had hope that we would find some way to find that final goal, um, the final ball in the final third, but we, we just didn't, and that was sad. I don't know. I, I also think that we poss- possibly deserved a point. I don't think that New England ran over us. Like, Heinz, like, Man. it was super unfortunate that he got yeah. that own goal. That, that was rough. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we were thoroughly outplayed tonight. It, it looked to me like two teams that were – still early in the season and, and trying to find their legs, trying to find what they wanted to do. Um, it, it, you know, it felt a little bit like regression for DC United just because last week they had a stretch of that game where they were imposing their will, if you will. But at the beginning of the game against New York city, they were a bit out of sorts and, and, and they were, they were struggling to kind of assert their authority. And then in the second half, I think they were comfortable with the lead. Um, but I think we're about ready to head it. Uh, let's send it to Hernan Losada. He's at the podium now. Hey, Hernan, thanks for your time. Uh, you're obviously working on a long-term project with this DC United team to, to build a system and build a style where uh, you looked good last week, coming back and winning. Where do you think things happened uh, or settled for you tonight? I believe it was a close game. It's always difficult to come to to New England. I mean, the last time uh, this United won over here was like nine years ago. So that says enough. And even though I think um, we didn't start well the game, the first 15, 20 minutes maybe was well for them, especially in possession, not creating big chances. But uh, from minute 25 until the end of the first half, like it happened last weekend, uh, was again... Uh, a game for us where we control, where we had many good moments. Uh, the last ball uh, sometimes was missing. Uh, some good shots from distance, some good crosses from Julian, some good set pieces. And it's a pity that when we were the better team and we were really in the game, first half was over. 
And then I, I told to the boys uh, during the halftime that this was going to be a game uh, that it, it will be decided by one one moment, one mistake, one one error, one disattention. And unfortunately, we scored an own goal. It can happen, but on the other goal, it could be also an own goal and was against the post. So uh, again, big efforts of, of, of the whole team. And we were in the game until the very last second. So what can I say? Uh, I think in general, uh, the balance of the two games is, is, is more than positive with, with all the the difficulties we have to to even come with 20 players. Today we were again with five players on the bench, five field players on the bench. So everything what comes in the future, it can only be better. And still proud of all the efforts uh, the boys did today about the substitutions who came with extra energy. And we keep on building up. No problem. We'll go to Jason Anderson. Uh, hi, Arnon. Uh It seemed like as you said, there there weren't there wasn't a lot of uh, chances. There wasn't a lot in the game to separate the teams. Um, what did uh, New England do to maybe limit your chances uh, throughout the ninety minutes? Well, they limit our chance. Our chances we limit their chances. It was was a very close game. Uh, they have two very good forwards that uh, in any moment that we were trying to press them, they just kick it long and. And then with Bowen and the number nine, I forgot his name. Uh, uh, they have the capacity to hold the ball to to give air to the opponent. Uh, so it, it was it was really an equal game. Uh, I mean, we have our moments during the game. They had their moments on the game, and was the kind of a game that the team who scored first was the one who was going to win. And unfortunately, we were unlucky with that on goal. But uh, it's a good team. Please don't forget that New England is. It's the favorite to, to, to play playoff. Uh, they were the team with the, who created the most chances uh, last season. They have a good squad. The players who came in as substitutions were the same or even more quality than the players who were on the field. So today you, you lose against a very good opponent. And don't forget that we were on the game until the very last second. And it was a very, very equal and, and, and imbalanced game. We'll go to Alonso Contreras. Alonso. Thank you, Zach. How are you, coach? Uh, tough loss. Coach, uh, this United have more possession against New England and also uh, uh, did uh, six shots. What is the sen uh, sensation of the team that you have going back home and get ready for the next game? Uh, we don't like to, to lose. We, we want to... to, to <laughs> we, we came here to win, to be honest. We came here to, to get points, to have a good result and and it's disappointed to to go back home to DC with 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 nothing. But uh, on the other hand, uh, I'm still proud, and and I see a lot of progression. And like you say, more ball possession. Actually, that's the last statistic that I always try to to look for. I really don't care about possession. I I care about how many shots on goal, how many situations we create, how much danger the opponent create, and. And today, once again, I think was very equal for both both teams. So, more possession, yeah, okay, it could be positive for the future, but it has to be possession with scoring chances. We we'll got Jose Umania. Hola, Hernan. Um, 
Me pregunta sobre la defensa. ¿Cómo tú sientes la defensa jugó hoy manteniendo esos dos delanteros? ¿Y, y cómo tú piensas sobre la quemestría que los tres han tenido durante toda la temporada? ¿Hablas de nuestro equipo? Sí, de usted, de nuestro equipo, sí. Bueno, falta, me parece que falta para tener esos automatismos, esa eh, química de la que vos hablas. Hace falta minutos, hace falta más entrenamientos, eh, sobre todo con el ingreso de Roberta, de Kimarni, eh, Adrian Pérez, son jugadores nuevos que están aquí en el club hace siete semanas, siete, ocho semanas. Eddie y Yamil ya se conocen de antes. Eh, pero sí, desde el momento que nos comencemos a entender un poco mejor seguramente podremos ser un poco más peligrosos de lo que fuimos hoy siento que, que tuvimos buenos momentos con muy buenos centros cambiando de frente de un lado al otro Julian tenía mucho espacio para meter esos centros y nos faltó un poco de timing estar en el, en el momento justo, en el lugar indicado para empujar esa pelota que del otro lado, bueno, lo pagamos caro con ese gol en contra fue un partido muy, muy parejo muy parejo al final se lo terminan llevando ellos, pero las cosas podrían haber sido muy distintas. We'll take one more question. We'll go back to Jason Anderson. Uh, I wanted to ask, I know he didn't uh, play in the game, but you did manage to travel or bring Felipe on the trip. Um, it seemed his recovery uh, was faster than expected. Um, how much do you think uh, he'll be able to contribute in the next coming games, given that he was managed to come back so fast? Yeah, he's part of the team. He was working very hard to, to make this comeback. Uh, on the other hand, he didn't play any single minute during preseason. He doesn't have any match rhythm or uh, any game minutes. Uh, so we will try to find ways to give minutes to all the injury players that are coming back and join the team. Very happy, very happy for him. I know how much effort and dedication he puts the the last couple of months to, to join us as quick as possible. And I'm sure he will help us. Um, and I hope that in the, on the short term, many other players are coming back and join, joining the, the group of fit players. Because at the start, okay, we only play one, way, one game per week, but later on we will have two games each week and you have more depth and more players to support uh, the heavy calendar. That's all the time we have, folks. Hernan, thank you very much. Okay, That's DC United head coach Hernan Osada joining us here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And uh, I apologize for the audio there. Where <laughs> it was coming a little quiet from Hernan and, and, and the group there. But, you know, as, as he pointed out early on there, and I, and I think this is something that we omitted, at least from our initial reactions from tonight, um, DC United have an entire 11 that are injured and unavailable right now. And I think the complexion of this side is very different when many of those players make it back onto the field. But I, I I guess I look at that and I still don't immediately know where the goals are going to come from. And that, that gives me a little bit of concern. I don't know how you guys are feeling. Yeah, I think Joshua made the point uh, while we were listening to the press conference, this is not a bad New England team. I think in the back of my mind, I always think of them as middling, <laughs> uh, playing in a stadium that really isn't made for soccer, a couple other issues they've got there. But you know, this is a team that made the conference finals last year. Uh, Damn. So... It's hard to get too frustrated, but at the same point, you are frustrated because this was not a great showing for DC United. I, I, we haven't heard from a actual DC United head coach in a while, and, and that was weird 
to, to hear. You know, we were yep. listening. Ashton did a great job as an interim, but uh, and and then we had some technical difficulties last last week. But uh, it was it was refreshing to hear him be absolute in his ideas. He said, "Hey, this is a tough team. I've got a bunch of injured players. We did our best, and it came yeah. down to an own goal. Like it, it came down to one mistake. And, and I told the guys that it would, and then it, you know, it unfortunately went against us. I." I I don't mind that. I'm not frustrated with that. If it happens five times in a row, maybe it's a little bit annoying. Yeah, we have a problem. Uh, and that's kind of where we were last year. But I, I don't see it happening like that. I, I think, yeah, like like Black said, and in a reference to what I said, I, I think this is a good New England team with a coach that knows how to win an MLS versus a coach who's literally only played one game. So I'm okay with taking this lump uh, with a fresh coach. And, and the injury list. Yeah, have. yeah, I agree. I, I think it's harsh. I think we might maybe deserved a point. I don't know if New England created a whole lot of chance, chances, maybe nor did we. But I disagree with you all before the press conference. You were saying um, that we regressed a little bit, and I really don't agree with that. I think last week we punched above our weight, maybe. I don't think we slid back at all this game. I think this game you could still just see that we were – a little bit off our touches. We didn't exactly know where everyone else was going to be. We didn't exactly know who we were passing to or crossing into or who was taking the shot. I think it was us just still figuring out our system as opposed to us playing lights out last game and then having no idea this game. I think last game we had the, the home fans around us. There was a lot of energy around it. Everyone was really hype. And I think that led to us getting those two goals, right? Brendan and Russell had lights out shots, and I don't think we can expect that every game. Um, so this game, we just didn't really have any lights out shots. Well, Brendan did put it in the back of the net again. Oh man, oh, it was yeah. unfortunate. I, I didn't deserve it. I, I think yeah, I think I'm counting three for him because I don't think Castellanos got to that last. I, I think he's got two on goals, one goal, and, and not too, putting too much fault on the first two, but that last one was not pretty. Sam, I, I want to talk about what you said. Yeah, th- this is obviously a very new team in this tactic and this idea, and they're trying things they're not super comfortable with. And, and yeah, the passing accuracy is down. Like These are things that they'll probably get better at all season. What what I think they regressed on is, is kind of how oh, maybe this is the difference between seeing it live in person and seeing it on TV. I didn't see the pressure uh, that we saw last game. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I agree. I don't I, think there was. I saw a few moments of it maybe, but it, there wasn't the intensity that they brought. Or, or maybe New England just dealt with it better than NYCFC. Uh, I, I think our win against NYCFC has been discounted by a lot of the media out there. I think that was a very good win, and I think we should be. Well, they won 5-0 today. Right, and yeah. it looks even better now, right? Sure. Um, You're right. I think Lasada tempered our expectations going into the preseason, and we said this last game, but to the point where he was getting frustrated with media, he was saying, we're not going to win a lot of our first games. It's going to take us a long time to figure this out. We're not fit. And everyone (laughs) just needs to deal with that. And this game is when we saw it. Last game, again, potentially we punched above our weight. There was a lot of energy buzzing in Audi Field. You know, we're unfortunate to have a little bit of a string of away games right now. So maybe had this game been home, it would have been a little different again. But I think these... The game we just saw was the expectation that Lasada sent for us, all, set for us all. Yeah, and and you wonder a bit. You you heard the coach talk about how you know, this was a game that they came in to win. They were not trying to, you know, just hold on for a tie or anything. But you do wonder if they perhaps set up a little bit differently than you might have tried for your first game at home with fans in over a year. If perhaps they chose not to actively press as much and try to play a little bit of a different style, being on the road with the travel. 
We don't know. We didn't get a whole lot of insight on that from him during the press conference. We got a little bit. He said that DC United hasn't won there in nine years. And he reminded us well, of that. Well, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was funny. And the way he said it, you know, I laughed. I laughed out loud because it's like he, he acted as if, you know, he's been around this team and this club for so long. They're like, well, we never win there. It's a hard place to play. It's like, and I think I said out loud to you guys, like, in your experience playing there. But, like, that's one of the things I think I love about Lasada, right? Is like he's he's just embraced this team and the identity and, and, and he also knows these things like it, it wasn't lost on him that we haven't yeah. won there in forever like he yeah. knew that and he said it to the team you know a lot, a lot of new coaches could come in and be like hey that's that's in the past like right yeah. those are other other players other coaches like my team is undefeated there because we've, we've never <laughs> lost but like the reality is no he looked at that he knew that and he talked to the guys about it and i, I really appreciate so, that about him so i want joshua to touch on a point that i saw him typing into the show notes you said something like in a game of margins, you could tell that we were missing 11 players. And we, we tweeted it out in jest before the game of there are so many players injured. And our friend said he was looking at the lineup. And he went to say, oh, what about? And he couldn't think of the name of the player he met. And I said, no, he's injured. Just It doesn't matter who he was talking about. I knew that he was injured. We have so many first-team players injured right now. Joshua, you seem to think that that's what made the difference in this game. I think it's going to be the fate of our season. I, I don't see DC United making a big signing coming in, so that kind of determines where we go. I, I don't. I'm not mad at the first two results. If we translate that to the rest of the season, we probably have a decent season. Maybe don't make the playoffs, but it's what Lasada is able to do once he gets those 11 guys, a lot of starters in that list. What does he do with them, and does he fix the problems that are in the squad? Because there are problems. I think we suffered at Ford. I I, I love oh, so, yes. I love Segura's hustle. I Sora. don't. Sora. Yeah, he, he reminds me. Oh. <laughs> hustle, hustle, but nothing else, right? And that's kind of what I got from Sorga today. And I know there's some, there's some people that love yeah. him for for yeah. that. Yeah, our our friends who are in the podcast <laughs> realm were really hype on Sorga last game, and that really surprised oh, me. You're gonna put me at another show note I put down. He's got zero <laughs> shots and 174 minutes played, or, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I think he has a lot of hustle. And believe me, as a Leeds fan, I understand Bielsaball in this high press with a one forward you need your forward to be defending against the other team's four defenders they need to be running the entire time and I fully understand that but they also need to be able to hold up the ball and make a positive pass and have a shot on goal and just make positive plays for your team and I didn't see Sorga do that once in the past two games that he's played in yeah I I think I said to you guys during the game some of his best passes are backwards you know, because he'll if he'll he'll there. take possession oh, or man. he'll win possession and then he'll play it backwards. And it's like I need you to be moving toward the goal. I need you know I need you to be more of a a, a clinical striker who's who's able to receive and turn and shoot. And yeah, the fact that he doesn't have any shots is 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 damning. But you know, I I don't know what does that mean for because I I think all the reports we saw coming into this season were that he was probably ahead of Ola Kamara on the depth chart despite the injury, and so. Are we that screwed or what's the? Well, I think I, sorry, Black, I would have, we had our hand raised. I would have loved to ask Lasada what he expected of his subs coming in because coming in in the 70th minute, it's hard to really make a difference. And we again mentioned this last game, but Kamarni Smith scored a bunch during preseason. And I've been surprised that he hasn't gotten more minutes. Got some minutes tonight. he, He got 20 minutes tonight, which, 
you know, as a forward, that's definitely enough time to make an impact, but it's still pretty hard to make an impact in that amount of time. So I wonder what Lasada said. He came in with Prez and Roberta, so I would have loved to have hear what Lasada said to them and just what his expectations were around what they were able to do. Black, I yeah. think I cut you off. No, Sorry. You're completely fine. You know, we talk a little bit about you know, adjusting to a new system and trying to play rather than think. And I think you may be seeing a little bit of that at the forward position, uh, particularly if you're asking a forward to do something different than what they're used to. So many times it comes down to a magical moment and you've got to do the work to get yourself there. You've got to be in position. You've got to be ready to take advantage of it. But if you're spending the whole time worried about how you're fitting in with the rest of the squad, what kind of role you're supposed to be doing, whether you play it back, whether you are recovering, whether you're getting forward, I think that is where you're going to see more of the issues. You know, defending you do have to defend as a, a unit and know what everyone's doing, but you can make up for it. But if you're not putting everything together, you're not getting shots, you're not getting opportunities, and you're definitely not finding that magic that you need sometimes when a game's not going your way. We're live here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And as always, you can join the show by shooting us a text at uh, 540-986-4833. That's our new number. 5409 United. Of course, you can call that line. That's open right now. Tweet at us. Get involved in one of the chats on any of the platforms we're on. But what I wanted to talk about real quick right now is, you know, the team just tweeted out, which is good. Unlucky tonight, but we're on to the next one. Looking at the stats of the match, six shots apiece for DC and New England. New England had two shots on goal. DC had one. Both keepers had one save. New England had one more corner, six to five over DC. Fouls were super close, offsides were super close, and possession was a split 50-50. And so when you hear the coach say, you know, one one unlucky break could have gone either way, uh, he's spot on. I mean, the, that's – and at one point in the first half, New England had 70-some percent possession, and, and, you know, D.C. really leveled that out in the second half. Joshua, I'd love to talk – for you to talk about the stats that you were looking at. Again, it was against – New York, yeah, yeah, yeah. but our possession stats are going to look a little differently this year. And for those of us who don't follow, for those of you who don't follow us on Twitter, or maybe you didn't see that, I'd love for you to talk about what you found. Yeah, so I, I kind of just looked at it because it was appalling. If, if you looked at our possession numbers last week, it was it was close to seventy to thirty, and, and that's yeah. that's not good, and almost never ends up in a win, but it did. And, and so, kind of makes me question now, uh, in retrospect, like. Are we like, would we rather have 49% possession and lose? But yeah, yeah, I'll talk about like why that was the way it was. It's because we were pressing about the same as we did last year, actually, but we were pressing higher up the field, like uh, drastically higher up the field. And and that was leading to more possessions quickly higher up the field, which led to more passes in the box, which led to more shots uh, and, you know, score creation opportunities. and we didn't have that tonight. It was, it was more, uh, someone in the comments said, Sorg is a Benny ball player. Like it was almost, ah, man, it's almost a Benny ball esque game. Right. And Sam yeah, kind of said no, but like, yeah, like that's kind of how this one felt. I, I'll take last week, even if we don't win, because there's an identity there and I can recognize it. And I, and I did. And I, I don't know if anyone did tonight. Right. Why do you think that was that we didn't see uh, the, the similar pressing tonight in the similar style? Was that do you think that was a design from DC? Because I I don't I I would be surprised if it was. I think to me New England didn't really play into it. New England didn't have a ton of possession for us to then play the way we wanted to. 
I don't know if they were as direct as New York City might have been. Uh, and that could have played... I mean, and Bruce knows what he's doing in this league, right? So Bruce has played against Red Bulls before, and gosh, guys, you might kill me, but the the less in, less possession high intensity pressing kind of system is what Red Bulls have right. made famous for Jay's a long time. Pod. Yeah, uh, that's just a fact. Look, we, yeah. if we can benefit from it, that's be great. And maybe Bruce knew how to deal with that, uh, or maybe it's the fact that we flew to a, a football stadium on a jet tonight or you know today and it was on short notice and it's a way day and Lasada was like hey I don't want to burn my guys out and and he said that in the pregame press conference is that it's it's very different to fly to a game and stay there overnight and then fly home and he is not used to that right in England you kind of or in Belgium excuse me yeah in Europe you kind of bust there that day and then you bust back that night or maybe you stay in a hotel the night before but he's gearing up for this slew of away games and he admitted in the pregame press conference that that's very new to him and it's not something that's new to the players but he's having to cope with how to train your players around knowing that you're flying places or sitting on a bus for more hours and that is something that's very different in this league and especially from bigger name players who come over from Europe into the MLS and you hear them before they play and they say, this is going to be really easy. I'm excited to play, you know, no holds barred soccer. It's going to be a a breeze. And then halfway through the season, they say, wow, this is really difficult. The travel is a lot. So I think the way you approach the sport in America is very different. And Lasada knows to anticipate that, but is still learning how to treat his team around that. I'll give you credit to some extent with that discussion that it is hard for Lasada to make that adjustment even you can talk about it as much as you want but until you're doing it and going through it but most of these players that we have are the same players that we had last season Absolutely. and have played in MLS for a while it's not a new thing for Absolutely. the players Lasada is not on the field putting in uh, the work out there but I do think you may be seeing a little bit of that uh, holdover wear and tear from what from all accounts was a very arduous preseason uh Lasada has made no bones about it he doesn't think the team is fit enough he's more than happy to push them to their limits now if it's going to benefit them down the stretch and maybe you're seeing a little bit of that with the number of folks we have on the injured list you know fortunately we only got we've got our one west coast trip of the year coming up next weekend yeah uh you know we'll hopefully get into more of the a rhythm and be able to build that fitness back up and be good to go but i do wonder if you have a confluence of, of things coming in if you're if you think that traveling for a game like this boston's not that far away yeah you're right but again i th- at the end of the day, it all comes down to this team is still learning a brand new style under a brand new coach. And he has given the expectation that it's going to take a long time because he's not coming in and sort of changing the way things were, but giving his own spin on it. He is completely changing the way DC United mm-hmm. plays. And he knows that it's going to take possibly a third to half of the season for our players to really understand it. And that's something he said during the pregame press conference a lot is the term automation you know he doesn't want the players to have to think about where to pass the ball or where to be on the field when certain situations are happening either from our team or from the opposing team and it was um, Julian and Frederick and they they both said the same thing is that they are learning how to play without thinking they are learning how to look at the game and say when our team's doing this or when this team's doing this this is where I have to be on the field and I don't even think about it my body's just moving to that position 
Yeah. And that's going to take a long time. So, you know, you're right. Mm -hmm. I I brought up travel. You know, we're we're talking about all these other things. But at the end of the day, I just don't think we're set in this system yet. Well, and we talked, too, about it being a game of small margins. You know, the coach said that it was going to be one mistake. And if having a guy who's a little bit tired or, you know, just a little bit off makes a difference in that one opportunity when you lose a game 1-0, that might be all it was. Uh, This was not a game where DC United got played off the pitch. It was not a game where they looked particularly like they were going to walk away with it. Uh, Perhaps a little bit unlucky not to get any points out of it. Uh, I think disappointing all around. So anytime you have a result like that, you can look at any number of things that can be that small difference. I think one of the biggest impediments to getting to the sort of automated status that Losada would like to see is is the injuries and, and as they keep coming and, and you just you don't have the entire team able to train and able to buy in on the system and so that just adds more and more time and as those guys come back then you're plugging somebody in that's like you know you wait you're maybe you were starting to build some chemistry yeah. and you plugged in a player who's better and, and more talented which is great but then that that's almost going to set some of those tactics back right. a hair because now it's like oh we got to get Paul involved in how we do business yeah. now and we got to get you know Donovan Pines involved in how we play out of the back now and so those types of things are going to be interesting yeah it's, um, it's almost an obstacle you bring in your yeah. quote unquote first team players and maybe Burnbaum right he's your yeah. obvious first choice for our defense but suddenly we're playing three in the back which I'll take the L for that one I did I said <laughs> well, that we were not doing that in the preseason but all of a sudden burn mom's playing a three of the back and the whole team has to readjust to him learning the system and it's and, definitely a setback and you saw today you know the team rolled out the same lineup that we rolled out last week yeah i mean how often did we get a chance to see that last year a lot of it's <laughs> out of necessity once yeah like, i'd have to go through in but, back-to-back weeks yeah, yeah i don't yeah. think so i mean it, part of it's necessity we talked about having a lot of folks out you can't even fill out the bench and you know at that point folks more or less slot in where they're going to slot in but there is something to be said for consistency yeah, you know, the, the one thing I do want to bring up, and, you know, Joshua, you and I talked about it quite a bit during the game, but, wow, man, one of the guys who's been consistent and, and not so much in a good way is Edison Flores. You know, it's been a, a, another tough go for him today, and I think he, he struggled a lot last season. He wasn't a highlight last week. Where do we go with Edison Flores, and, and should DC United fans be starting to get concerned, or is there still time left before we need to write him off? I think that we need to give this whole team a chance. I'm not thrilled with the fact that he is not playing well. He started to play a little bit better towards the end of last season, but I think it's unfair to judge him apart from the way that we're judging the entire team. Right? No one is going to... Go ahead. I disagree. He's got a designated tag on him. That's designated player. But the whole team is learning a new system. Not worth $5 million. No, the whole team is learning a new system, though, so you can't expect one player to immediately understand that system and then carry the whole team with him. Perhaps you... Perhaps there are players who can do that, but I don't expect that. Uh, We we know that's not Flores, though, from his play last season. So whether or not he should be a designated player and we should have paid that much for him, I think is a different argument. But whether or not we can harshly judge him based on the way he's playing this season... I think is the question John asked. And for me, that's a no. For me, uh, look, I'm willing to give him a... I forgot about Edison Flores this last year. He, I'm giving him a mulligan. He had a COVID death in his family. He fractured his face. That's a, And there was like 10 games. So like, forget about last year with Flores. Let's pretend he's new this year. Yeah, he... 
hasn't impressed so much. Is he being singled out because he's the one player that's worth more than $2 million on DC United's team right now? Maybe. Uh, and, and maybe... No, when... he definitely is. And he should be. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean... That that's fair. That that comes with the territory. When no, no, you, when no. You I have mean, that tag. I, mean, I think that's fair. Yeah, not even by us as, as criticism, but on the field, it, it, are people? No one's double teaming Sorga right now. You don't need to. No one's double. Uh, are we really double teaming Emil Assad? So maybe maybe when we have a Paul Ariola shift in there to be part of that three, yeah. or, or, or Nigel Roberta is able to go ninety, or Ola Kamara is back, maybe there's more freedom for him to operate and play his game. And maybe he's just being shut down. And, and so that's my kind of excuse. My my criticism is. Is he worth the $5 million when Assad was free? Uh, right now, I can't see a difference between the two players. So my, my other thing with DC United, um, shifting the conversation a little bit, is that for, my God, like 15, 20 years now, it feels like we haven't had that target forward, and that has consistently been Eddie a Johnson hindrance to this team. Shut up. Just shut up. Mute his mic. Mute his mic. I don't know which one it is. Whatever number it is, mute it. Sam's going to hit a but random button, and we're we, I think... Could see that, and there was a lot of conversation about Gressel coming in, right, and being able to whip those balls in. And today, specifically, I think we saw that Gressel was kind of whipping those balls in, and they were always a little bit too close to the keeper, and no one was really running in for them. And yeah, you can say that that's a criticism on the team that no one was making that run in, but possibly also that was a criticism of Julian for not being able to pick out a man or not being able to see that no one was running in and possibly taking another touch or playing a simpler ball on the inside. He is so used to just having Joseph Martinez from two seasons ago that he could whip in a ball and just know that he was going to make some type of play on it, that he didn't have to think about it. He could just cross in whatever he wanted. So I think he has not been able to make that adjustment, and I really saw that today. I I think Julian Gressel has been hands down the best player for DC United this season. If if you look at the stats, he's the one driving. He's playing almost as a 10 at at right wing back. I, I, I I, I give him every credit. Yes, he doesn't have that target. But yeah, I mean, shouts, I'm sorry. Shouts to DMV who asked me if Doyle doesn't count as a target <laughs> forward. I have a Doyle bench worn jersey, Doyle, so I appreciate Doyle that. Doyle is shout. the rare defensive forward, and he's not sorry, a target. I really appreciate Connor Doyle. The, the man the with the Doyle lasso. Go uh, ahead, Black. What were you saying? No, I mean, I believe Gressel had the cross on both of the goals last week. Uh, I don't have a problem with the, the the crosses he's playing in. You're right, he doesn't have a Joseph who can make up for a whole lot of issues, but I don't think that Gressel's crosses have been the you know overriding problem. I uh, know. No, you're right. They haven't mm-hmm. been the overriding problem, but the criticism and the question when he came to D.C. Mm-hmm. was, is he going to be able to perform without someone who... How many goals did Joseph have that? 27. 27, right? When he has someone who's close... When he doesn't have someone who's close to 30 goals in a season at the end of his crosses, are his crosses going to be as effective, right? Is it his phenomenal service that's giving Joseph the balls, or is it Joseph Martinez who's just really good in front of the goal? And I I don't know. Maybe that question's a little bit being answered, but is it like is it that his crosses aren't that great, or is I, it that DC yeah, United doesn't I got a highlight reel. Russell Canals gets a ball on his foot from a corner and like buries it as a defensive midfielder. That that ball was on it. I'm not talking about last game. I'm talking about this game. And this game, his crosses didn't find anyone. I was unimpressed with his crosses this game. There's got to be someone there, and, and we I think we've all kind of agreed that Sorg is not it. You're right, but if you cross to no one, is but, that on you or is that on? Maybe maybe the team need, like are we changing our game plan because we don't have a striker? Like what what what's your solution though? 
that he plays an inside and we're not getting anything inside. We just talk about floors maybe, and Maybe the solution is not playing in a cross every single time. It's I mean, working your way through the middle. Yeah, it, We it, haven't done that either. It, so. it, it's possible that, you know, the best part of his game is the crosses. Absolutely. No, definitely. Absolutely. They are great crosses. And if you've got a gift like that, you're definitely going to resort to that and more often than not. But Especially if, if that's what you're expecting from where you're going back is to get forward, get the ball in and, help the people will be there but to go back into the Flores discussion for a little bit I think I agree that he hasn't done what you need him to do like at some point you can write off the total cost acquisition you just need to look at what he's doing as a player but right now I don't think he's written an ink on the starting lineup I think you do I think you're going to have him out there because you're so short the way you are right now but I'm running out of excuses and ways to explain away the fact that he hasn't been having an impact on the game. Uh, yeah, I think there's there's some. Oh, someone tweeted out. I, I think it was Wake on Twitter said, "Don't judge teams too hardly. They still haven't realized that their TAM signings were bad." And it's kind of like a, a thing for MLS teams. <laughs> they, they say they spent this money on these players. They have to play them. Yeah. Uh, who's to say Kamari Smith is not a better soccer player than Edison Flores? Forget the price tag. Daryl DK yeah. was a draft player picked. I think the same position, fifth. Yeah. Uh, last year is now a $20 million. Yo, was DK Generation Nidus? He. <laughs> he might have been. And I was just, that wasn't even as much me throwing shade. It just kind of curious because yeah. I know that Joshua loves the, the Generation uh, We should have picked the uh, We didn't have the pick, but we should have. He was a UVA guy. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. D- d- I, I think you play who's ever getting the job done. And right now, sure. Flores is getting the minutes, but not getting the job done. I, I, Black, I think you're absolutely right. If if there's more players on this roster that are available for selection, I think there's a good shot that he's that that Flores is not written in written in ink on that lineup. Like, I'd rather see Paul than yeah. I, I think I think Paul usurps him almost immediately. But e- even guys like Paredes could push him just to get get some something different out there on the field. And that's where I think it'll be interesting because um, Hernan Lasada also talked a lot about developing the youth. And I, it's not surprising to me that we haven't seen that in these first two games, right? But as the season goes on, and he mentioned in today's presser that we're going to have two, game, two games a week. We might see more of these players coming in and we might see more of how he's developing those youth players and they might start to see some more minutes than yeah. some of our maybe more hot signing, put hot, hotly signed players. John, to answer your question, Daryl DK was a generation of DS player. Oh, uh, look at that. I get to beat my drum for a little bit. I, I, still, <laughs> I know, and I'm not even you, mad. You know, at, does Barnsley wear Adidas kits now? That, now, now I'm going deep <laughs> on this one. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. They, their jerseys look bad, though. I've seen Barnsley it. about to be the Premier League at the rate they're going now. <laughs> uh, but look, Kamani was not. A generation of player, and I, I've liked him. I don't know if the Shields is on the team. He might be just having a free lunch right now. But uh, man, <laughs> it's been tough. But I want I want to talk about like the future of this team. I think Lasada has been trying to get these guys in, integrated in the team. The Perez Smith and and Roberta. He brought them on. I think they were well, except for Perez. They both got more. Roberta and Smith both got more minutes this game than they did last game. So maybe that's a little bit of an indoctrination in the system, and maybe we see more of that. I re- I remember it's common when a, when new players are new to a system, you kind of give them, you know, you kind of increase their minutes until they're ready to start. I, I think Roberta will probably replace Sorga. I don't know, and if Sorga's ahead of Kamara, like it might just be Roberta for the year. Uh, it's kind of testy. I don't know. 
Well, our friends on Filibuster this week talked a little bit about, you know, probably both. It, it, certainly one of Roberta or uh, Kamara will not be on this roster next year was kind of their hypothesis. And it's interesting to, to think about. But I, what I was going to throw out there is we, we do have the long trip to San Jose next weekend. We talked about how today's starting 11 was the same as last week's. I don't think we're going to see the same 11 next week. Who would you put on, though? Because we had six people on the bench. One of them was a goalie, and four of them entered the field tonight. <laughs> yeah, so. no, I, I, I think you maybe make one or two changes up top, whether you're you're going to... Up top, specifically, yeah, and forward? I, that's what I would do. I mean, we, we just haven't created... Are you, are you benching floors next week? Is that what you're getting to? I would... I... <laughs> Me personally, and and I'm looking at last season. I'm oh, looking man. at the lack of production. I would, I, I I would I would let them know early. It's it's not good enough. Um, Shamil is out of the doghouse, and <laughs> yeah. Morris has filled his spot. I, I, I mean, need to get I, in there. <laughs> Eddie's deep in the doghouse. No, no, I I would. I I would take him out. Um, I man, it's just it's it's it is. Sam, you're right. It's hard because there's not a whole lot of players available. But I gotta believe some of these guys are somewhat close to coming back, right? Yeah. Like, can't we plug? Well, Ernan said that in the pregame presser. He said, specifically asked about it, and he was very coy. He said, maybe we get some back. Maybe we get no one back. Who knows? We'll ju- yeah. We still have two days until the game. So I Brutal. think he's he's really playing it day by day with a lot of these guys. I mean, we we already kind of beat the Sorgo drum to death, but if Kamara is healthy, does he get another shot up top as a starter? I, I mean, I think he has to. I think at least to put him in the shop window, you have to. What is his value right now? Do you know what, though? I completely agree. I think Sorga is not doing it. He is not creating plays for this team. I also think this is a system in which you're not dependent upon your forward to score. And Hernan said that. He said, I don't care where the goals come from as long as we're scoring. And when you have one player up top and your game plan is you've got three in the defense and everyone else is flooding forward to score, a lot of times you're not depending on your forward to score. You're actually preferring that he doesn't. You're preferring you're preferring that he lay off to other players to score. And again, yep. I have my leads hat on a little bit in the leads forward is he gets a lot of criticism for not scoring, but right. in actuality, that's not his role on the team. So if that's the way that DC United is implementing, that's a different story. I still don't think Sorga's the man for that. Yeah. I'm just saying that possibly that is the frame of reference that Lasada is trying to build his team around. No, you're, you're right. And I don't think DC United will have that, that like striker that we all want that scores 15 plus a season until they spend a lot of money. Uh, but you can't be a dead end, and it felt it's felt like the for the past two games that when the ball gets to the number nine, the the plays is almost dead. And I know he gets yeah. like a pass to the assist after some hustle, but we're not going to get hindsight goals all like that's not going to happen every game. We need something more realistic, and it needs to be like a lead saying. He's passing off to a winger most of the time, and that winger is taking a shot or making a pass. Or possibly that winger is well, crossing it into a midfielder and scoring. But what's terrifying about that is, like, sure, that might be this, the how you know how it should work, and that might be how Lasada wants it to work. I don't, I don't rest easy at night thinking that now my goals have to come from Yamil Asad and Edison <laughs> Flores because I don't think we're scoring still. So something that's happening in the chat a little bit, and I saw a little bit on Twitter just from tweets of people I follow is that is it too hard for Lasada to try to implement his system with Benny Ball players? Are it- the players that DC United has signed up until this point 
not the types of players that Lasada needs to correctly implement this system. I repeated a little bit slowly, so you all had time to think about it. I see Joshua I has some thoughts. Go I, for I, it. I think it's way too early to try to make assertions about that. I think there is something to the idea of a coach being involved when you're making those selections. Uh, and you'll see that over the next year and a half or so as you know the team fully gets to playing the way Lasada wants to. I, I don't think that we can make that uh, assertion this early in the Lasada era to say that these players aren't capable of doing it. You know, we've talked before about the fact that you know you see players play a certain way and you just assume that that is the role that they play, the, what they do best. Good coaches are able to bring the best out of their players and find ways to make their talents work for the system they're trying to do. So I think you're going to find a balance between the two. Look, I I should probably have a recording of this. I, I don't like the way that Casper has built this roster. I, I, I think we fill spots instead of maximizing, and that is a mentality change from the top. And we started to see some of that happen. Lucy Russian is going to change this team. I, I think she just fundamentally believes in different ideals than DC United has been practicing for the past few years. And I, and I think the ownership and I know that guy, I'm sure the chat's going to go off on ownership in a different way, but I really do think they want to win games. Uh, at least Levian does uh, having talked to him. And that's kind of hard to see when you're not. Um, yeah. But I, I think we, we've done all the infrastructure stuff that we needed to do. I think we're starting to bring in people that are going to maximize the, the business with Danita and then maximize signings with Lucy. And I'm really excited for that. I think that this, I, I think these players are Benny ball players, but I also think they're talented and it's going to be really the challenge of the season for Losada to get the injured players to fit into the system and to get the most out of the players that are here now, because you can't in MLS, you can't just like dump your whole team. Yeah, I don't. Exactly. Uh, sorry, John. I'll let you pick up after this, but I don't know of any player that you look at and say that man is a Benny Ball player and he is unable to play. No more Doyle's. Like Doyle was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Connor. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you've got plenty of guys who are like you know middle of the. Segura was also Benny Ball player. Yeah. At me, if you want, like, but he's gone. Yeah, we yeah. we we don't have a lot of players like that anymore. Yeah, like. Paul's not a Benny Ball player. Yeah. Flores is, well, we don't know what kind of, <laughs> <laughs> what system TBD if he's an MLS is. player. We're, we're not right sure now. if he's a ball player. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think there's any guy you look at and say, that guy is a hard-nosed defender who is unable to defend in a Lasada system, or you know, we haven't been able to score either way. Uh, so, my two cents. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly where I wanted to go with it, right? It's like, I, I think this year we've talked about it in the preseason, and, you know, maybe, maybe we got a little hype last week coming off a big win, but this is a transition year. And I think this is where we're going to see, you know, are there players by the end of this season that are quote unquote Benny Wall players, or they just don't fit Wasada's style, and they won't be on the roster next year, yeah. right? And, and I think we're also going to find out which players on this roster, you know, perhaps they, they're, they're on the fringes right now. Or maybe they're in the lineup and they're just not performing quite well. But maybe by the end of the season they are. And they find their groove in this system. And, and those are the guys that are going to stick around. But there are going to be a lot of new faces on this team in 2022. Because, you know, it, Lucy's going to bring in uh, new ideas like you mentioned. And obviously Lasada wants to do things very differently. I think if they have $5 million to spend, they're going to spend it very differently than the last time they dropped $5 million. Um, but all that's to say... 
we have to just focus on the fact that this was this was an own goal away from a, from a yeah. point on the road, right? And yeah. it, it wasn't it, it wasn't a total disaster. Um, now, granted, New England didn't look spectacular last week either, but it's still early in the seasons, and and all we have to be doing is playing well later in the summer, and, I, and we'll be fine. I completely agree. Yes, this was an unfortunate game to watch. I don't think any of us were excited to talk about it afterwards. But it's still early in the season. You don't need to be good early in the season. We've said that so many times. Also, the rhetoric around this team last year was, this is a really good roster on paper. Why are they not performing to our expectations of them? And then moving into this season, we signed a new coach. And suddenly the rhetoric was, all you did was sign a new coach. DC United's not going to be good this season. When we have the same roster that everyone was saying should have been good last season. So I urge everybody to remain optimistic. We're still learning a system. We're still figuring it out how to be a successful DC United because that's not what we were last season. But these are still very good players on paper, especially everyone who's injured right now. So I really think that... What we've seen even from the last two games is not the best of what we're going to see this season. Well, but. Sam, I got to tell you, well, longtime listener Steve has set us up with just a, a great transition into our next game, but he wants to remind you that Bamford does not get criticized for, quote, not scoring. He gets criticized for wandoing huge chances. Uh, that's <laughs> a lie. Of that's which- actually a lie. He gets criticized for not scoring. At me, Steve. I'm in the media. He gets criticized for not scoring. No, no. Speaking of which, DC United <laughs> play against a wandoless San Jose Earthquakes next weekend. Oh, wow. He was tossed today he after was. receiving a red card. Off a silly foul, I think. Oh, yeah, man. I, I don't think that Wando's ever actually going to retire. You know, he'll, he'll talk about it and make noises. <laughs> but the, the man is ageless. You know, he's, it's great to watch what he's able to do. He, you don't get to where he is as the MLS all-time leading scorer without having some kind of talent, even if he does happen to duff a chance or two. It's funny. I I, I was I was explaining to Abby, you know, who, who Wanda was the other day, and it's it's so hard to do without. You can't do it without mentioning the World Cup. But yeah, if you you're also a fake soccer have, fan, well, you yeah. also have to say that he is the MLS, you know, leading goal scorer, goal king. And he should have so many more, considering how many sitters he misses. Like that, that, to me, that's Stop the that's it. the most impressive no, part. Is like my goodness. he should probably have another fifty, sixty so goals. So should every forward, though. Every <laughs> single <laughs> forward right, right, misses right. sitters, right? It's not a Wando specific thing, and it's a really cheap shot. Uh, we don't to need your right. airtime. Wando is defending Wando on, on Wando team. on Bamford. Come at me all the time. All forwards you're right, are going to miss super easy. Wando chances. is just like every other forward. No, stop. <laughs> no it. trophies. But. I, I talking about the San Jose game, I think it's gonna be fascinating. Matias Almeida still somehow implements a man marking system in MLS. They get burned on it a yeah. lot. Like they lost some games like five plus goals last year. Uh and it's gonna be fun to see him versus Hernan and, and does Hernan actually show up on the road uh, this time and, and what that means. For this system, it it'll be interesting. Does he need to though, or does he just go out there and practice some things oh man these games count points i i believe Hernan is going to go out there and want to win every single game but at the end of the day when you know that this is your only west coast away game 
at the very beginning of the season. That's, I don't know. That's he promised us thinking. he wasn't going to do that. He said, we're going to, DC United is going to go out there and try to win every night. You're right. I'm not saying that he's not going to go out there and try to win it. I'm just saying, is he going to take a little bit more creative freedom and maybe try a little bit, a few different things? You think the team needs to be changed now? Already? No, I'm asking you all the questions. No, uh, no I agree. I can ask you a question back. <laughs> I think I agree with the point you're making, Joshua. Like this team hasn't figured out the way they want to play entirely. I don't necessarily want them to start trying to add wrinkles into that until they've put that together. Okay, well, if you haven't figured it out yet, this is an opportunity to figure it out. Well, I'm yeah, not saying that's, that's we not try completely something... different things. Okay. I'm saying that possibly you take Edison out and you see if someone else is better in that position and possibly Kamarni gets a couple mm-hmm. more minutes, right? I'm not saying that you completely change the system. I'm saying possibly this is the opportunity where you – treat this like a next level scrimmage almost. And you know that these points are possibly not what's going to make or break our playoff run. So do you take this opportunity to figure it out against a MLS team? Who's going to play you a little differently than the two teams that we've just played. I have a hard time imagining Lasada taking his foot off the gas. Okay, that uh, any, was my question. Anytime, okay, well, I, I just don't see him doing that. I, I don't think the West Conference, the Eastern Conference really phases him right now, especially because it doesn't matter to him this season, right? It, it doesn't matter at all. And it's not like you're <laughs> traveling after a midweek game, before another midweek game yeah, with yeah. an open cup to worry about. Like, you've got a week between Rip. each time. It's <laughs> about the best time that you could do it, aside from the raft of injuries we have. But Yeah, I suspect he'll, I mean, he's definitely going to look at tape from from san jose he's gonna know everything they bring to the table i think if he makes any tactical changes it'll probably be to try to match up with them more so than to you know try to not necessarily change the way we play but try to find a groove i i I think he's committed to playing the way we're playing and I, i think we may see a couple changes just because he thinks that you know that's what's best for the lineup and that's how they line up best against san jose but i don't think we're gonna see too much wholesale especially because we don't have the 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 roster headroom right now yeah, I, I don't know if the players on the bench are, are, are able to do 90 or, or 60 because we haven't seen that yet. We've only seen 15, 20, 25. Uh, but I, I think, I hope that we see more of the pressing that we saw in the home opener as opposed to tonight because the pressing, I, I think, was the key to DC United's success in the game before, and I, I think it might have been slightly their downfall today, uh, unfortunately. What are our thoughts on the San Jose game? Is this a win? Is this uh, just too early to do predictions? Tune in to yeah, our Instagram. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, we do Instagram predictions every game right before, right before, almost before lineups are out. Uh, Depending just, on when we kind of yeah, remember. Just, yeah. And then we put them on Twitter, too, so you'll see them um, both yeah. places. Yeah, uh, we've got to give credit to Sam, who, who got all the points last time. Did anyone? Not so much this no, time. no one won. No, one. no. No, we all predicted either ties or... You, John predicted I picked a loss, loss, but not the right lineup. Yeah. No, I think I said there will be goals, and I could have been <laughs> more correct. <laughs> I can tell you that there will be a lack of sleep next week. It's Oof. a what, Oof, eleven yeah. o'clock kickoff. Yeah, we are still brutal. doing we're still doing a post game show whenever the game wraps. Uh, stay up late with us, and we'll talk about whatever happens. Yep. Who needs sleep? It's a Sunday. Yeah. Looking ahead, real quick to this week, uh, Loudon United play. That's is it tomorrow. Doing math right? Yep. Yeah, tomorrow at 2 p.m. Uh, they play at the, at the Bethlehem Steel. Uh, so it's exciting to get them out for their first action of the season. I'll, and I'll be interested to see how they play. And we talked a little bit about that in the preseason. Are they going to try to mimic what Lasada's trying to do? Or are they going to do their own thing? 
Um, it, it should be fun to watch, and uh, they're always enjoyable games. Should be our fourth overall draft pick, non-generation Adidas player, Michael Edwards, <laughs> <laughs> or Michael DeShields, sorry, <laughs> making a, Michael Edwards another former DC United player, sorry. Uh, but yeah, it should be a debut for him, hopefully, and, and, and you know the guys that have been pretty, I don't know. I, I like to watch Loudon play. They're pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, Mustafa is, is a highlight for everyone. My favorite. It'll be great to see him in action again. Yeah, and of course, the Spirit are home uh, on Tuesday night against the newly rebranded New Jersey, New York Gotham FC at Audi Field. Uh, that's Tuesday, April 27th at 7 p.m. Phil on Paramount Plus, and it's also home. And Sam, I know at how Audi pumped Field. you are. I'm so hype. I've got tickets, Joshua. I'm going with a couple of people. I, I know a bunch of people on Twitter are going. I'm super hyped to be able to go see a Spirit game in person. Yeah, it should be fun. I, we're not going to see DC United at Audi Field for a while. Spirit, <laughs> yeah. Spirit, I promise, <laughs> equally as successful, just as entertaining. <laughs> That'll give you that. <laughs> what a sales pitch. <laughs> we'll shout our friends at Across the Pond. I know they hosted a, uh, a watch party tonight with the Scream Eagles. So hopefully some of you guys are still hanging out there listening to us. We appreciate uh, your support. And, of course, if you're listening, you can use the promo code podcast. I think that still works for 5% Possibly. off your you order. Try it. Give it a shot or <laughs> tell me no us. They might charge extra. Or no us. <laughs> 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 um, uh, on, on a less important – I don't want to say less important. Boy, that's, that's not the right transition. Nope. We're going to go to a different line <laughs> item here before I totally bottle that. Um, check out our <laughs> bonus content this week where we had a chance to talk to – uh, John Harks, former DC United great and current coach of the Greenville Triumph. It was an awesome time. It was a couple yeah. weeks ago, so it's a, the content's like a little bit dated, but for the most part, everything, we didn't talk about anything current season stuff, obviously. Um, what a guy to talk to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we, we could we could probably still be talking to him. There's just so <laughs> many things to discuss. It'd be a whole, whole other podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's rare that you get a chance to talk to a guy who is as thoughtful and has thought through every element of what he's trying to do when it comes to coaching and the the philosophy behind it. And it, it was fascinating to hear him talk about it. And he was definitely not uh, sparse with his words. He was happy to you know take all our questions and run with it. So it was a, a great opportunity and definitely I worth listening to. Absolutely. And even if you listen to us live, I'd absolutely recommend um, subscribing to us on your favorite pod catcher, um, whatever that may be, because bonus content is something that we're looking to bring this season. Um, we're absolutely going to keep this post game format. We're going to come at you after every DC United game, but we are looking to do a lot more interviews this season, a lot more road trip content. Um, if, if you have ideas of interviews you want us to do or you know, people you want us to talk to or different ideas you want us to explore, please let us know. Um, and those will be kind of thrown out there as just <laughs> bonus podcast episodes. So subscribe to us. That way you don't miss those. We'll definitely shout them out on social media. Uh, but we don't want anyone to miss those. Probably not going to be doing a lot of them live because a lot of them are on very short notice. A lot of the people yeah. we are asking to interview have very busy schedules and we're just very thankful for them to give us their time at all. Um, so probably can't give you all enough heads up to be able to join us, but we will absolutely push that out afterwards. Yeah, and before we head off the air tonight, um, our thoughts and prayers as a show are with uh, a friend of our, a friend of the show, Devin McTavish, and his family. Uh, as you may have heard on the broadcast tonight, his wife is battling breast cancer um, and underwent surgery this week. So, 
thoughts and prayers with the McTavish family. Hopefully everything is headed in the right direction. Um, and we hope to see Devin soon uh, back on a broadcast and, and hear his voice analyzing many of the DC United goals uh, as this season progresses. And wins. <laughs> and hope to God there's wins as well. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us tonight, hanging out with us late. It'll be a lot later next weekend, but hopefully it'll be three points richer for the black and red <laughs> as we say goodbye tonight here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken.